0: Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or
1: their sponsors.
2: the sports doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Weil, sports podiatrist, all things sports medicine, fitness and wellness brought to you by Global School Wear, school uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger and Lower Extremity, LER Review Magazine and MVP Parent Magazine. Quick shout out, Bruce Merrin, celebrity speakers. Excited to be part of that. Bruce is one of the pioneers his first sports-related people uh, he worked with were Muhammad Ali and uh, Jackie Robinson. By the way, everybody, good luck to us. Happy Stress Awareness Month. we got a great doubleheader today. Teresa Power, she's a best-selling author. She's the founder of the National and International Kids Yoga Day. They just celebrated their seventh uh, anniversary. She returns along with Barbie Ingle, chronic pain educator. She's a patient advocate and author speaker and she is the president of the International Pain Foundation and the Sports Doctors Inn with some Bob Gaida wisdom, upcoming shows, emails. Teresa Power, welcome back to the Sports Doctor.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Bob. I'm so excited to be back with you.
2: Give some background on yourself and the uh, phenomenon of the Kids Awareness Days.
1: Well, Yoga. I think Yeah, I think you know this, Dr. Bob, that I I am an attorney, and I started practicing law, what was it, 38 years ago, and that's when I first started practicing yoga, and I got a little disillusioned with law school and the practicing law, so that's when I decided to get certified to teach yoga, eventually teaching yoga to kids, and then seven years ago, creating International Kids Yoga Day, and you and I have known each other for around six or seven years. I think you were with me with the start of Kids Yoga Day.
2: Yes, I was. I, uh, it's one of the great, exciting parts of The Sports Doctors. I can't tell you how many great things we've kicked off, uh, books we've launched, uh, ideas. Yours, of course, was, was one of them that became very, very uh, near and, and dear to us, the idea of introducing children um, to uh, the incredible uh, benefits of yoga, both physically and mentally. And I think, uh, again, the event has become a a big deal. Talk us about the um, uh, participation in the 7th anniversary.
1: Okay, so we had our 7th annual Kids Yoga Day. It's the first Friday every April. And so we had 33 countries, 43 states, and 23,000 kids all around the world practicing yoga. I mean, we had Canada, Brazil, Central America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, all of these Various countries were participating. And um, I just wanted to share on the side such a heartwarming story about Ukraine. So we uh, had an ambassador sign up from Ukraine uh, who was a yoga teacher there. And then all of a sudden the war happened in Ukraine. So we reached out to her and asked her if she needed any help. And she said that she was on the border living with her, you know, in a hotel with her five-year-old son. They were safe, but she wanted to move to Spain because she spoke Spanish. So we reached out to our ambassador network and someone from Istanbul knew someone in Spain and they helped her get out of Ukraine and now she has a job in Spain and um, has all these connections. So I thought, wow, besides just, um, you know, coordinating yoga for kids, we're also connecting people all over the world that care about teaching yoga to kids. So I just thought that was, you know, quite a story. It's
2: great story. It's uh, a great story. Again, yoga has been around for thousands of years. Uh, it's interesting as the uh, over the past X amount of decades, it's become uh, much more widely accepted in high performance sports of all types at all levels. Uh, and when, you know, years ago, it was thought about being a little bit too, maybe too much guru uh, in some way, shape or form. This is too spiritual uh, for me. And it ends up that that side of it, the mental anti-stress side, relaxation side. Uh, you know, let alone for the rest of us, but for children becomes a tremendous, um, important component. And the fact that it can be done quite safely, which is so important, uh, I think was news to a lot of us in, in child physical education.
1: Oh, I agree with you 100%. Everything that you said, and we've had this discussion in the past about people do think that it's, you know, originates from India, so therefore there's something, you know, I don't know, religious about it or whatever they're going to try to say. But people are really realizing that it's, I like to call it mindful movement. It's uh, kids that are, and and that's the key. And you and I also have talked about this that it has to be safe for the kids, and that's where the mindfulness comes in. You teach the kids to really focus on their bodies, feel their bodies, so that they are safe doing the exercises.
2: Yes, and the uh, the idea again that uh, both physically as as well as a uh, mentally, and you know, the question whether the kids would be paying attention, whether they would enjoy it. All of these things were questions that, you know, and I talked about when you first, you know, started this whole venture. And I guess around the world is tremendous acceptance. You know, mind, body, the word mindfulness, 20 years ago, medicine didn't know how to spell it, let alone sports (laughs) medicine. Now, what I call on the sports doctor, the mental game, whether you're the best athlete in the world, whether you're the coach, whether you're the parents of young athletes, whether you're a coach of uh, whether you're trying to stick to your exercise program, stick with the diet, et cetera, et cetera. There's such a huge mental component that now has uh, 10 times the value uh, in all sorts of areas, which I think has made acceptance, uh, especially in the uh, uh, drug-oriented United States, you know, much, much more, uh, uh uh prevalent everybody you're listening to the sports doctor i'm dr bob wild sports podiatrist go to my website sportsdoctorradio.com if you go over to radio shows you can go back years uh listen to what you'd like what were the topics international national local guests you can go over to newspaper articles and magazines you can read an array of topics uh with some of the work we do with mvp parent magazine low extremity review My continues to be my hottest article, women in high heels accepting the challenge. Uh, So you can check that out. We're talking with uh, Teresa Power, uh, who uh, former attorney, although I bet you those skills come in very, very handy in the whole idea of trying to organize something, uh, you know, this uh, gigantic. Uh, That's got to be a real challenge. How has the um, uh, both the school communities and the uh, uh, parents' communities adapted, um, Teresa, to your whole concept?
1: Well, that is a great question. And we had, besides just yoga teachers signing up, because we have people signing up as ambassadors that are going to be leading children through a simple five-minute yoga routine on Kids Yoga Day. So we had 292 ambassadors, and I'd say at least half of them were parents or over half were parents in schools. Because a lot of schools are very interested in it. We've had schools that had like 1,000 students practicing yoga on that day. I would hope so. And the teachers so that are the on board, yes. and so are the principals. And what they do is they, they – and I have a very simple five-minute yoga routine that I suggest they practice. It's very safe, and, and I, we give them all instructions on how to do everything. And uh, But they're welcome to do, you know, whatever they want to do as long as they're practicing yoga that day. But, um, yes, the, the schools are so uh, supportive of the whole idea, and they see the difference in the kids.
2: How much time? You mentioned a five-minute program, but if it was included in a physical education program, let's say in elementary school or even high school, uh, would it be something that would be done over a fifteen, 20-minute or 30-minute session like a regular session? Or is is your point the five-minute inclusion is what you're paying attention to?
1: Well, no, I mean, if you want to start incorporating it into the school day, I would suggest 30 minutes, right, at least, because then you're going to be able to do more
2: right.
0: exercise.
1: But I just suggest five minutes just to show how just five minutes can do uh, benefit the kids. Like if they did even five minutes of yoga a day, in school, it would be better than not doing it at all. And I have a formulated routine that is very safe and kind of warms up the body. I have standing pose routine, and then I have one that has uh, poses that are on the floor. But if schools don't have yoga mats or whatever, you know, they can just do the standing pose routine. If Teresa, about what is what is the best
2: website? About. Teresa, what's the best website for people to find out all sorts of information on uh, uh, the kids' yoga day?
1: Okay, it's very simple. It's kidsyogaday.com. So again,
2: kidsyogaday.com. Kids, com. Okay. Yeah, and simple. tell us about your book, The ABCs of oh. uh, Yoga for Kids, and your uh, Little Little Mouse Adventure Series. I bet all of them are practicing yoga.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I don't think I Come told to you that I also have a, another book. It's called The Night Before Kids. Yoga Day, and it is uh, the send-up to the poem The Night Before Christmas, and basically it's a read-aloud poem that gets kids excited about Kids' Yoga Day. So that uh, came out and has been very popular, and we're starting this new tradition where The Night Before Kids' Yoga Day, I read on Zoom the book, and um, we're hoping parents will just buy the book and read it to their kids The Night Before Kids' Yoga Day to get excited about it
2: right they could do some uh, uh some uh, uh children's stories at night what ages do you include in your uh, program uh for uh, kids yoga day
1: well we include anywhere from 3 years old the preschoolers right up until 18 years old we had uh some participants that send us photos that had high school kids doing it so it it's it's universal I mean, it, that's the, the interesting thing about the way that I've developed this program is, is that it really, I've, I have poses that are accessible to really young children as well as older children.
2: Now, again, the, especially when you get the input of the sports doctor, whether we're talking about kids who will be participating in sports at various levels or you're talking about uh, right now staring us in the face this huge mental health challenge That all families, all schools, all of us are facing, then the idea, again, the educational challenge of the fact that uh, uh, adding a program like this to the kids, you know, again, I keep talking about how either, you know, physically on the left or mentally on the right, or even including uh, competitive athletes, it seems like the timing is incredibly um, uh, right here
1: oh it is i mean this is the time especially there's just so much stress and kids pick up on the stress of their parents and everything else and this is the time and i think it's so important for schools to start incorporating and that's why i've written these books and especially the the one you're talking about earlier the abcs of yoga for kids which is an alphabet dictionary of yoga poses for kids and a lot of um teachers will read the book to the kids. And let's say they're, they're especially younger kids, let's say from preschool through kindergarten, first grade that are still learning the alphabet and stuff, you can take these letters. For instance, there's poses for the letter D, dinosaur pose, dog, dolphin, and do nothing, right? So they can just read the little poems explaining how to do it. There's illustrations, and then they can show the kids how to do it.
2: How do you find the acceptance, Teresa, in, let's say, junior high school and high school, and, again, I, I think any of these kids understand at this day and age, hey, the best athletes in the world do it, people, you know, that selling this would be much easier. But how has been the feedback, let's say, with adolescents?
1: Oh, adolescents, love it. In fact, my son, when he – well, now he's 27, but when he was at uh, Palisades um, High School – they, he took a yoga class there. Well, of course, because he was exposed to it through me. But a lot of his friends liked it, and that this is more than just the simplistic children's you know yoga that I teach. It's uh, I teach kids of all ages, but my specialty happens to be young children. But um, they the kids love it, and they feel better doing it. And um, and also, I think what's really important is that a lot of these like tennis players, baseball players, a lot basketball players, they're all endorsing yoga and saying that they do it. So kids are looking to these role models, right? And they're thinking, okay, if they're doing yoga and it's helping them, then it can help me, if that makes sense. Because I think it's well, important
2: good role Well, it makes big sense. Good Again, uh, the, you know, the athletes like the famous Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, Michael I Jordan and so you. many other great articles who you know, are athletes who uh, as a part of their, the idea of flexibility the idea of control of body and, and muscle uh, motion are all very, very big parts of any uh, athletic activity. But again, you've mentioned it four or five times how these kids enjoy it, and that gets right smack into the middle of, number one, having something that the kids will not be looking to quit or they don't want to do it, and number two, having them really, really benefit, uh, again, because uh, be able to reduce stress, And children, this is a gigantic uh, uh, problem. What kind of numbers are you thinking about maybe for your eighth anniversary, Teresa?
1: (laughs) Oh, well, I know I want to have a million kids. This is my goal. Okay, although I could double it so it would be instead of 23,000, let's go for 50,000. But uh, if we want to go big, let's go for a million.
2: I hear you. You know, absolutely. I, I, I don't think there's a school. Once again, the challenge here is the educational uh, making schools and others uh, aware of these of, of the, the kinds of benefits and the uh, the fact that you have these an- ambassadors are, who were floating around. And of course, you know, sports doctor Dr. Bob's one of your uh, one of your ambassadors.
1: Yes, you are one of my ambassadors, and I and I love the tie-in too because we have talked about before the tie-in with your, your feet because I know you're you know it's very important to have the, the right um, structure you know and, and with kids but and um, the thing is with yoga you really teach kids how to use their um, their feet to to center themselves while they're doing a lot yes. of the standing poses. Yoga is done so barefoot.
2: Yoga is done on mats with a gripping action. So again, it doesn't matter what running, jumping activity a young boy or girl might be doing, but if we're talking about can I prevent injury, big deal. Can I prevent problems? Yoga is one of our big weapons, especially in growing bodies, where it could be done uh, very, very safely. So I think those are some of the things uh, that make uh, uh, inclusion of these activities but, uh, you know, it, it couldn't be a bigger time for the mental uh, component. And, of course, the younger, the earlier you get started, uh, the uh, ex- expect that uh, to make so much sense, including the families that these kids are part of.
1: And a lot of kids are, uh, you know, in, enjoying the yoga with their families. Like, they'll take these poses home and teach them to their parents who don't know anything about yoga. And I think that is amazing, and it's something that they can do together that does not involve a cell phone or, like, you know, the Internet or anything else, but it's just something that they can spend quality not, time and together. And it's not
2: competitive. I, can, I knew the time would fly by with you, Teresa. Give me again the, the website everybody could find out about this uh, uh, fantastic program.
1: Okay, it's kidsyogaday.com.
2: Kidsyogaday.com. Teresa Power, founder of the National International Kids Yoga Day. Teresa, thank you so much. Hold on. We'll be right back, everybody. Sports Doctor. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Bob Weil, the Sports Doctor. I'm excited to announce the release. Of my new book, co written with Sharky Zartman, hashtag HeySportsParents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division one volleyball players. Together, we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. The goal of the book give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it could be. Hashtag HeySportsParents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kids. Uh, what are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors in. yours truly. Uh, my discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes. Youth Sports and Drugs, Essential Exercises, the Dilemma of Youth Football, Orthotics. Third section, uh, Experts Speak Out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parents' perspective, some insights from about a half a dozen parents of athletes So, everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athlete. Hashtag, hey, sports parents. Hey, everybody. Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. Live from rainy, stormy Chicago, it's the sports doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Weil, sports podiatrist. I want to welcome back Barbie Ingle. She's a real champion. She's a chronic pain educator, a patient advocate, author, speaker, and she is the president of the International Pain Foundation. Barbie, welcome back to the sports doctor. Hey, Dr.
0: Rob, I'm so glad to be back and really have enjoyed being on your show in the past and glad that you asked me back again. Thank you.
2: You know, it's one of the biggest topics um, in in the country, Uh, uh, pain management, uh, 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 pain pill nightmares, all of these things. And so give us some background on yourself and delving into the um, uh, work that you do Uh, in in the whole world of uh, pain and pain management. Sure. Well,
0: I've been at it for about 20 years now, and I am a chronic pain patient myself. I have multiple diseases that involve pain, and uh, I spent seven years in a wheelchair. I had to search and find the treatment options that work best for me, and I encourage other people to do the same now. And at this point, I've published nine books, about health and chronic pain and navigating the health system. And um, I also am the president of International Pain Foundation, where we do education for patients, caregivers, and providers, awareness activities, social events for patients and their families because they isolate themselves. And then we also work on access to care, which is everything from peer-to-peer mentoring to Working on legislation, so I've been doing a little bit of extra of that lately with the with the uh, current Great legislative stuff. session in Bar-
2: full yeah, Barbie, swing right how now. How long ago? How long ago was it when you were on? <laughs> how long ago was it roughly again when you were first on the Sports Doctor?
0: Oh, first on? Um, yeah. Goodness, I think it was like.
2: 2014 or 2015? Yes, absolutely. And, I, and I've know,
0: been on a few times since then, So
2: yeah, well, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a big, few years
0: big, now since my last appearance, so I'm yes. so glad to be back.
2: Big, big part of our faculty of educators and so many different topics. Um, you know, the idea of chronic pain, pain management of clinics are popping up all over the place. has been tremendous. Yes. Uh, advancement in regenerative medicine and pain medicine, uh, in some instances, to try to get away from the drug culture and the opioid nightmare. Uh, But one of the chapters in my book, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, as you know, Barbie, is youth sports and drugs, where I'm talking about even over-the-counter pain medicines that these kids start depending on very, very early because of the demand. Of the sport, uh, etc., but chronic pain is a whole other world, isn't it? It is,
0: and and I was an athlete. I I cheered from age four all the way through college, and then I became a coach at a Division One A university, and I know the pressures that my coaches put on me and that I put on my student athletes. And if I could go back now, knowing what chronic pain is and and how I could have prevented it and so many different areas um, of, of my life and other athletes' lives, I would be a totally different coach now than I was going through all the years as a, as a quote, athlete and pushing myself and pushing other people. Uh, and and like you said, people do turn to even over-the-counter medications, too many infs. You know, they're like, oh, get away from the opiates, so let's take NSAIDs. Yes. And then they have Routinely. problems and challenges with that. So, it really comes down to individually what does that patient in front of you need as as a professional, yes. you know, a, a healthcare doctor, nurse practitioner, physical therapist. It isn't always medication. It could be a, a no, wide variety is, of yes, of treatment modalities that that patient needs.
2: But once it valuable. turns chronic,
0: yeah. there are less options available. So if you can take care of something that you have a a the ability to prevent ahead of time or take care of yourself so that maybe something that for me, um, having RSD, I didn't have it as, as a young child. I, I was 29 when I developed it. I could have done some things to prevent, uh, it from getting so bad, but I just didn't know knowing what to do before it affects you is very, very important. And once it does affect you, how do you go about getting through it and living life and continuing to be a positive aspect in society uh, as, as a, someone who can contribute to society on any level is yeah. important um, to, to strive to keep. And, and if you've lost it, get back
2: to. Yeah, reflex sympathetic dystrophy RSD is a condition that could come from semi-nowhere from a minor injury that mm-hmm. just doesn't heal. And the whole... Uh, right. And that's the way, where the you body. get chronic.
0: Chronic means that you right. have this uh, disease or illness for um, six months or longer, and um, it can be lifelong. Uh, but hopefully, like as you said, there's so many different advances coming down the pipeline with genetic testing and treatment options and biosimilars and all different kinds of uh, treatment modalities in medications and even pharmacogenomics, that has really, that's the study of an individual and how their genetics interact with each medication. And I've done the um, pharmacogenomics testing and that just getting those results has changed my outlook on medications and what to take and when to take it. And, and for years I'm like, oh, this lidocaine isn't doing me any, any good. It's, it's, it's a waste of effort, and I'm just ingesting all of this stuff through my skin, or, or lotions, and, and you know, a um, lot of or people... IVs. And what's it doing for me? Turns out, I got my genetic results back. It's doing nothing for me. I'm a rapid metabolizer of it, and I did. I got zero benefit, but I had got all these years of exposure to my organs of a medication that doesn't work for me.
2: Well, this is where, again, individual attention is so important for any chronic pain person. You know, for decades, I've watched the help of medical marijuana, the CBD products, uh, the idea of uh, naturally helping reduce inflammation, control pain, help sleep. You know, we've talked about holistic medicine on the sports doctor for like 30 years, give or take, uh, a few weeks, uh, and the idea, again, of having to uh, depend on medicine. Medicines are very powerful, and they're a big, big weapon. It just has become, in some instances, medicine and sports medicine were sold the myth that these opioids were safe, and they were so overprescribed for all sorts of conditions, and then it exploded in everybody's face, that guess what? This stuff is addictive. And this is what uh, part of all of these nightmares as patients, athletes who needed to get better tomorrow. Don't you understand, Dr. Bob? My kids gotta play. Don't you understand, <laughs> I? And now, by the way, some of the best athletes I've ever seen over the years were cheerleaders. And people yes. sometimes didn't <laughs> get it, how physical.
0: You, you have to is. to yes. be very athletic to be a cheerleader, and even if you're you're not competing as a cheerleader, you're a sideline cheerleader, you still have to be able to be flexible Big and time. have body awareness and have muscle strength and core strength and be at the top of your game even as a sideline cheerleader, so yes. it definitely takes a lot to, to be an athletic, uh, be an athlete of any kind, but Cheerleading and dancing, gymnastics—it's all intertwined yes. now, and it takes a lot of athletic ability I guess I, to, I'm to in my uh, accomplish in my the uh, skills of the the sport in a um, safe way. So, Barbie,
2: what, Barbie it, it absolutely—it is a what's sport, the best and website?
0: you know, if you can take care of yourself as an athlete and maybe sit out a game or two, which feels very difficult mentally and physically odd yeah. to do, you, it it could save you in the future if you give your body that time to heal in a natural way uh, versus pushing through and pushing through and pushing through until, um, you know, you turn 30 and all of a sudden you're in a wheelchair and you can't walk anymore, in my case. So it it really does matter what you're doing with with your body and how you're doing it and how you're responding to it and just because something gets you through this moment doesn't mean that it's right for you long term and be aware of that don't get stuck in a habit of taking you know ibuprofen every day before you you go to practice or before you perform in a game make sure that you're doing what you need to do to get your body as fit as it needs to be on the field
2: yeah, prevention, a lot, you know, we do a lot of screening. Again, if somebody has foot imbalances, imagine somebody who's bow-legged, imagine somebody who's flat-footed, imagine somebody's got one leg longer than another, someone's very stiff-jointed, somebody's very, very flexible. Uh, being proactive in trying to uh, uh, deal with mechanical problems many times makes a huge difference in areas that become so problematic that chronic pain becomes part of the equation. Barbie, what's the best website people could find out about your organization? Uh, Internationalpain.org. Internationalpain.org. Yes. So, again, whether we're talking about the highest level of of sports and sports medicine, whether we're talking about uh, the uh, overachiever, the the, um, uh, weekend warrior, You know, the idea, again, you know, the United States is one of only two countries in the world that allows constant advertising on television of prescription medicines ad nauseum. The only, so so (laughs) the, yeah, it's, it's really
0: interesting. It should, it should be something that is, um, if you need a medication, it should be between you and your your provider to look at and decide what will be best and how to go about doing that uh, to, to. Best fulfill what your needs are and um, and yeah if it's advertised on tv it it can affect what the perception of it is or make it feel safer. They make always songs out always read, it. They read make the instructions it, and we? talk to the pharmacist when you're picking up a medication or if you've been on a medication long term, talk to the, to the pharmacist. Talk to your doctors and medical providers about what that medication is doing to you. Is it still right for you? Because there's new things coming down the pipeline all the time. Find out what is best for you and work with your medical providers to make sure that you're still doing it appropriately. Even if it's been five years and you feel like a pro yourself, it doesn't mean that that medication is the right one for you. Have that conversation.
2: You know, I want to talk more Barbie about what the uh, organization does for individuals and, uh, and some of these other services, how important exercise is uh, the mental side of it. When we come yes. back, we're talking with Barbie Ingle Again, the um, chronic pain educator, patient advocate. We'll be right back. at Sports Doctor. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review magazine, one of sports doctors' key supporters, and he pours it into MVP Parent. Factual, evidence based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention. I am proud to be a contributor to MVP Parent with the Sports Doctor is in article in each issue. Go to MVPparent.com. MVPparent.com. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide, school pride and identification being one of them. Another is the well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited about wearing. Go to the website, Globalschoolwear.com. Globalschoolwear.com.
3: UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things. Make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit Zero Zilch zip. Or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with zero zilch zip. Because nothing's better.
2: UK Health Radio, the station that
3: makes you feel good.
2: Wild Sports Podiatrist. We're speaking with Barbie Ingle. She's returning uh, over these past, who knows, five, six years. She's a chronic pain educator. She's a patient advocate. She's an author, speaker, and a, the president of International Pain Foundation. We were talking before the break, Barbie, about, you know, both the mental challenging component of people who are dealing uh... with with especially chronic pain as well as the the physical side talk a little bit about both um, and and how you're educating some of the people uh... who are looking for guidance sure so as you said
0: chronic pain living with chronic pain diseases it affects you physically of course but people t- tend to overlook the mental aspects and emotional aspects of living with chronic pain. And for me, I went from the top of the world, top of my, my field as an athlete and as a coach to losing it all. And of course that's going to affect somebody mentally. Uh, but not only does it affect you by, you know, for me, I lost my marriage, my first marriage and I lost my ability to drive and I lost my ability to be physically active. It it definitely brought on depression and anxiety and a lot of challenges mentally that I had to get over because everything of who I was was tied into being a coach and being a cheerleader. And I did not realize how much of, of who I was was tied into what I did instead of who I am. And uh, that happens with a lot of people, whether you're, you're an athlete that loses your abilities or you're just a, an artist or wherever, whatever your, your special talents are. Losing that brings on these mental challenges as well. And being strong mentally and physically is very important because if one area is weak, then the other areas can't be used to their maximum strength they all intertwine together. And um, also when you're going through depression because you've lost these things or because you have a chemical imbalance of some sort because of the the chronic pain or the trauma that's been uh, happening in your body, it can actually physically change the structure of your brain. And if you're thinking negatively and letting the mental aspects of what you're going through bring you down all the time it can take a lot out of how you live and it make challenges harder to get through and harder to work through so it's really important to focus on both your physical health as well as your mental health and stay strong as strong as you can in both even with the challenges you face in both areas and one of the ways that I did that, a counselor taught me after I lost everything in my life crashed around me, um, I went to counseling, and one of the, the lessons that I learned was writing down my I am's and having that list about myself that I can go back to. And if I'm having a challenging moment or a or few days or weeks uh, with my health, and I can turn to that I am list and remind myself and, and get myself out of the – uh, depressed state or the emotional uh, negativity that's in my life, um, or it, even if it doesn't just stop instantly because it, it doesn't do that for too many people. What are you doing it helps physically, Helps you get Barbie? through those times easier Barbie, when you remember is, you who physically? you are at your core, and who you are is not what you do. Who you are is is energetic and courteous and curious and attentive and balanced and kind and knowledgeable. And reminding yourself of all the positive things that you are in your life. And um, you'll see me a lot of times on social media talking about my I ams And I use that. If I'm having a bad time, I'll use it to pump myself up. But I also use it to show other people that, hey, if you're going through a bad time, think about the positives. What is coming out of this situation? How can you make it better? Where should your focus be? What are your goals, long-term and short-term? And... Using that to propel yourself through life instead of getting stuck in the depression, the negativity, and the anxiety that comes with living in pain. And you can make it through, and it's easier when you're positive. It doesn't necessarily take the pain away physically. It just helps you get through life easier.
2: What do you find is the physical component, Barbie? What are some of the things that physically that you're doing that you can still do that you find helpful?
0: Well, I try to do a little bit um, at, at a time and give myself a win, like a celebration for doing what I can do. If if I can try to take a walk each morning or uh, my husband and I, I have some balance trouble still, even though you see me online and I, and I look like I'm totally healthy, I still have some challenging uh, physical issues. So we went and got a tandem bicycle so that I don't have to worry about balancing, but I still get to be out and ride the the tandem bike. I get to communicate with my husband, go through the town, the neighborhood, wherever we want to go biking that day, and um, it it allows me to feel like, oh, I got a win. I was physically able to get on a bike and ride it. Now I use an adaptive tool, such as a tandem bike, to make sure that this gets done, but I'm not afraid to use a tool to continue to live life if i need that tool i use it if i don't need the tool then then you know i don't use it but the, i kind of looked at my wheelchair that way as well and there's still times now if, because i come in and out of remission that i uh, have had to use my wheelchair for a day or a week at a time and i strive my goal is to get out of the wheelchair but if i need it to to live through that Moment, I use it as a tool, knowing that yes. when I don't need it, I can let that tool go, and I and I don't have to the, use it every I day in my life. But if I had to use it every day in my life, like I did for the seven years,
2: then Barbie, that's okay give me the as well. Website again. Give me the. We, we, I knew the time would fly with you. Give me the website people could find out about the organization.
0: Absolutely. Check out internationalpain.org. We can help any chronic pain patients, caregivers, and providers who are needing resources and help so that they can find hope.
2: Give it to me, internationalpain.org? Yes. Barbie, hold on. Thank you so much. Everybody, will be right back. Sports Doc. If you live in or near Aurora, Illinois, and you're interested, Sports, fitness at any level, or your son and daughter is. You cannot forget about your feet. Your feet affect everywhere else. There are complex motions that come into play, especially in sports. Your ankles, knees, hips, and back all are affected with your foot mechanics. Uh, Come visit the office, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, and get evaluated. Uh, Check what shoes are best for you. I offer prescription orthotics which is usually one of the major tools for treatment and prevention of foot-related ankle and leg problems. Also, enhancing performance. Step or two quicker, call 630-898-3505 or go to sportsdoctoradio.com. UK Health
3: Radio, the station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things. Make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk Or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with zero zilch zip. Because nothing's better.
2: UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Hey everybody, MVP Parent Magazine is special. evidence based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review magazine. One of sports doctors' key supporters, and he pours it into MVP Parent, Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention, I am proud to be a contributor to MVP Parent with the Sports Doctors In article in each issue. Go to mvpparent.com. mvpparent.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Sports Doctors In article. Segment. We review some upcoming guests, answer some emails, and include some wisdom with Bob Guida. Uh, And this time we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his concern regarding warming up, how important warming up is, but the concern of overstretching and causing more trouble than we're trying to prevent, proper technique being so important. And the idea being that sometimes overzealousness and overstretching, push that leg up, uh, ends up aggravating attachments and capsules around muscles and causing trouble. Uh, Bob would always make a very big deal about the fact that he wasn't saying don't warm up. He was just saying that there were superior ways, dynamic range of motion, something we'll talk about next week, uh, being one of them. So don't overstretch, don't overbounce, don't push your body past where it is, including stretching in your program is good, uh, but make sure your technique is good. Some great guests upcoming next week, one of our faves, Kirk Mango. Uh, Kirk is a former um, NCAA gymnastics champion. Uh, He was in the physical education world for decades. Uh, he's the author of Becoming a True Champion. And uh, he'll be coming back, uh, Dr. Kelly Bonhoeff. Uh, she's going to talk about trauma, trauma, drama, and all of that, again, That uh, the, the mental game, the dealing with uh, after an injury, uh, dealing with uh, something going on in the family, and it's just affecting everything uh, re- involving health and wellness. The following week, We're going to have a couple on David and Carla Maine. More Than Healthy, a discussion of um, gut health, leaky gut, and overall fitness and wellness. Uh, Some great guests and shows coming up. Time for a few emails. Pat says, both my daughters, they're now adults. They grew up as figure skaters. They loved Evan Lysacek. Talk about him a little bit. You know, I met Evan Lysacek before he was 10 years old. Uh, He was part of a screening of a great, great coach, Candy Brown, uh, who uh, was the first figure skating coach I ever met in the late 70s. Uh, she was already way ahead of her time, paying attention to things like orthotics and mental training, etc. cetera. And uh, in the early 90s, one of her students, young Evan Lysacek, was one of the kids we screened. We were looking at him walk, standing, watching his see, like we talk about, put Evan in orthotics when he was like 10. Uh, really, the uh, rest was history, the exciting ride of watching this kid uh, become the best in the world and winning the Olympic gold medal uh, in 2010. A terrific young man, uh, somebody who represent, represents his country still uh, around the world uh, with different international uh, sports and, and wellness uh, activities. And uh, Evan was a champion at every level. Uh, on those ages, the challenges that go involved in with in some of those things, uh, uh, a great dissociation. Tom says, my 40-year-old sister, she's a jogger. She was diagnosed with Morton's neuroma. Is that always a surgery? You know, Tom, Morton's neuroma is a thickening or inflammation of the nerve uh, that runs between the third and fourth toes. The nerves run between all the toes, but there's a particular connection there. can be susceptible to stress. And like building up calluses, that nerve might thicken. Uh, imagine somebody who's got a very high arched foot. They're always putting pressure on the ball of the foot. Maybe they're pounding it. Maybe they aggravate it. And we end up with a neuroma, which can be a surgical problem, but not all the time. We've had great success with conservative care, orthotics, redistributing weight. Very, very helpful. Uh, injections, physical therapy. Uh, so... Uh, I, I need to know all those things won't work before I consider surgery. And if that's the first diagnosis, uh, I'll get another opinion. You know, Ina says, um, uh, we really, really enjoyed your article, uh, Women in High Heels, Accepting the Challenge, What's the Big Deal? You know, <laughs> good question. The big deal is that a lot of women wear heels. There's a lot of concern about the ball of the foot problems because of the uh, pressure we put on the ball of the foot or the jamming in the foot in a tight, tight toe box, let alone the strain on the whole posture. Once you're in a heel an inch and a half or two inches, and by the way, the article, if you go to sportsdoctorradio.com and you go over newspaper articles, you'll find it under uh, podiatry management, uh, again, uh, which is uh, the whole idea of strengthening your feet and ankles, paying big attention to the heel height, a variety of Hill height, trying to stay out of trouble. Happy fourth anniversary to our book, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents. My co-author, Sharky Zarmant, Jotman was a guest. She's a Hall of Fame volleyball player and coach, uh, talk show host, yoga instructor, and she was on with us last week. I can't believe it's been four years. You know, it's amazing the big points we make in the book, besides the great cartoons, are as important now as ever the whole area of the physical and mental pressure on these kids and families Um, with um, injuries physically from overuse, from repetitive motion injuries to the whole mental side of pressure. And again, the book, which really talks about Sports Parenting 101, which Sharkey really, really discusses, uh, including coach abuse, In so many different areas, Uh, the idea of the sports doctors in, we talk about shoes, we talk about orthotics, we talk about concussions, we talk about the challenges of some of these contact sports and aspects of sports medicine, Uh, the coming together of eight experts in nutrition, in mental and physical training, in coaching, uh, in in psychiatry, uh, all contributing, and then the parents' perspectives. Matter of fact, our, our guest next week, Kurt Mango, one of the parents' perspectives. Both his daughters became Division One athletes. Catch you next week, everybody. Uh, happy Stress Awareness Month. The Sports Doctor.